Hey everybody, how are you? It's Isaac Jamal, Certified Life Coach, here again with you on SYNYradio.com on a Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. And tonight I'm especially excited to speak to everybody. Um, this is a topic that I've gotten a lot of feedback on and a topic I think that affects every single one of us. Whether you're young or you're older, this is a topic that affects you. Relationships and marriage are the foundation and the root of our Jewish homes. And building a strong foundation and understanding what that strong foundation is, is essential, especially these days, with so much happening around us. And I want to start by talking a little bit about what experiences are leading up to marriage. And we all get excited, we meet somebody, or we're set up with somebody, and we're all excited about dating and the process, and now I'm starting to feel feelings I haven't had before, and I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. And then a couple decides to make a commitment. They, they make a commitment that they're going to join their lives and that they were going to start their lives together. Now, generally, I know in our areas, in Brooklyn or in the Sephardi or the Syrian community, we all take our marriage classes. And our marriage classes consist of a lot of halachot and things that we're supposed to do and things we're not supposed to do. And a lot of the times, it seems that we have a caller nice and early, so I just want to... See if somebody wants to say hello. Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? Did anyone? Okay, I'm going to mute them. And I'm going to continue on. So, basically, we have this process of us learning halachot and le learning our religious parameters of what should happen in a marriage, or what are the guidelines within marriage. Times together, times not together, we all know what we're talking about without going into the further details of it. But what I find a tremendous lack in, a tremendous lack in, and this needs such major support and encouragement and chizuk, and people to stand up and really start speaking about us giving ourselves, first of all, our youth, the proper education when it comes to marriage and relationships. A lot of people with religious backgrounds, boys and girls are generally separate most of their lives outside of what they see in siblings or maybe cousins, but we're separate. We don't understand much about each other. And even people in some type of a mainstream idea of dating, you know, even when you're young, you might be a teenager or older, excuse me, we never get the real education about what a man and a woman's base understanding or what their operating systems are or how to fill the needs, or just an, a general understanding of masculine-feminine energies. And they are so different. 
They're so different. And so many of us, even married for decades, don't have the basic fundamental ideas of what keeps a marriage going. Where is the focus? What is it that a man's responsibility is towards his wife? What does she need from him? And when I'm speaking tonight, I want everyone to keep focus that I'm talking about our emotional needs. Yes, we live in a world and we have finances and we have to keep up with the people around us. We've had many podcasts about that already. Being achievement-based as opposed to being fulfilled. Listen to some of the old podcasts that we've spoken about. But today specifically, I want to talk about the emotional needs of a man, the emotional needs of a woman, and how we can maintain that relationship, that passion, that love for each other that's supposed to grow as time goes on. Most people are in the myth of after a certain amount of time, people grow apart, and that's okay. I'm here to say loud and clear, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's something that needs, to, needs constant work and constant chizuk and constant encouragement. It's something that needs to be worked on on a daily basis. And I just want to start with giving you three levels of where a relationship can be. And then each one according to their, their relationship. Spouses, if you're listening together, you could take separate sheets and you could write this down on separate sheets and swap them out afterwards. It might be an interesting conversation that the two of you can have. The first level of relationship is called, it's all about me. I see things through my own prism. What is it that I'm receiving? What is it that I'm not receiving? What, you know, is demanded of me? My time, what I'm going through, I am surrounded. My consciousness or unconsciousness, honestly, is it's just about me. It's my routine. It's my day. And how do I fit my spouse, my family into my life. That's level one, where it's just about you. Level two is, interestingly enough, I had a client this morning who's struggling with a marriage that said it so beautifully. It's a transactional marriage, or what I like to call horse trading or bartering. And that's the arrangement of I will give you something and you will give me something in return. And if we pay close attention and we look around us and we're honest with each other, we will see that most relationships bounce back from it's all about me to, okay, now it's, transition, now it's transactional. Now we're going to have this bartering system back and forth where you and I are going to negotiate. The whole idea of marriage as a partnership is about two people going into a business and splitting the profits 50-50. Marriage is not a partnership. Everybody's needs should be filled 100%. Because if your needs are only being filled 50%, that means half of your time, half of your emotional fulfillment 
is missing. And now you're going to have to look for that somewhere else. Whether you're a man, you might find it at work. You might find it in sports. You might find it in, you know, uh, going to learn possibly or being around your friends. Women, simple. The kids, that is the easiest way to avoid working on a marriage. The responsibility of children where a mother will get her needs completely filled by those children, avoiding the void that she might have because of her relationship. Hanging out with her friends. Going to work for her as well. Finding those areas that keep us busy so that we're not focused on what it is that we're missing emotionally which should be coming out of our relationships. Because if we do it right, and it can be done right, I hear so many times, is love real? Does that type of love really exist? And the answer to that is yes, but it's not free. It takes a lot of consciousness. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of creativity playfulness and desire to make your relationship work and if you have that and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say even if one of you has that you can convince the other partner if both of you truly want that and I find that most couples even the couples that are struggling, even the couples that are on the fringe of divorce, there is a burning need and a burning desire inside to finally have my relationship where I envisioned it when I was younger. Level one, I'm going to go back because I want us to get this good and I want us to get it clear. Level one, it's all about me. Level two, bartering, horse trading, or a transactional relationship. Level three is the highest of the levels, and it's you come before me. You before me. Which means that I give unconditionally I love unconditionally without expecting in return. Without expecting in return. Now, that's difficult. But is it attainable? And I'm here to tell you, yes, it is. Because we're so trained to expect in return. A prit quo, prit quo, quo. My lips aren't working so well. I'm not going to try it again. <laughs> but when we have an exchange, we're actually expecting something in return for what it is that we're doing. And we're so used to that, this vending machine type of an idea that I put into it, and it should give me back. An expectation, and write this down, people, this is across every part of your life. 
whether it's your financial goals, your academic goals, your social goals, your physical goals, your romantic goals, whatever they might be, expectation is the mother of disappointment. Expectation is the mother of disappointment. Because when I expect something and it doesn't show up, I am automatically upset about it. And this goes to, to just give you a couple of ideas, right? Guys, if you come home and you see that somehow the dining room table or the kitchen's a mess and your wife's upstairs with the kids, yeah, take off the jacket. Start cleaning up. Go into the kitchen, start putting some things away. Your wife might be shocked about it. Start doing that, not because you're expecting something in return, but because you are experiencing life together and you are there to support each other. Ladies, a lot of the time, men are expected to go beyond. It might even be in a financial capacity or responsibility. There might be something that you can do without him having to ask for it because you guys are living together on a constant basis. And I think it's a good time for me to go over my definition of marriage. You could write this down as well. My definition of marriage is a life's commitment to emotional intimacy. A life's commitment to emotional intimacy. Which means that you and I are connected constantly. Now, no one stays at level three all the time. There is some of level two and there is some of level one. But if you're operating in a level one relationship, you're not even close to being present for your spouse. You're not even close of, to getting an idea of what the other person is saying because you only see things through the prism of your eyes and your feelings and your emotions. And that's a lot of our communication issues is we don't have the patience to actually listen to what the other person is actually trying to say. That goes for both men and women. Men, the patience to be able to listen to what it is your wife is saying to you on an emotional level without you treating her like she's a customer or like she's a chavruta or she's some other male counterpart. She's a feminine energy that needs to connect because women are a relationship-based being. So trying to fix it, trying to be curt, trying to be quick, trying to fix it all the time and just give her that quick answer so she can leave you alone makes her feel only one thing. Alone. Misunderstood. And that'll come up in other areas in the relationship. Women, when your man is trying to speak to you. You have to understand something super important. He is saying 
exactly what he means. Men and women speak in very different terms. I say this often. And I teach the men that women don't speak exactly what they want. Because we need to be Sherlock Holmes. We need to be a detective. And if we don't figure out and follow the clues, then we'll get no points. So they can't tell us because it's all this mystery that goes along with relationships. So if you're driving along in the car and your spouse, your wife says to you, sweetie, are you hungry? And you say, thank you very much. I'm good. You've missed out that she's hungry. Or maybe she'd like to stop for a minute and consider what it hurt. Consider, and guys, this is an important part, anticipate what it is that she needs without her having to tell you. But women, when a man says, are you hungry? He doesn't mean that he's hungry. He's generally asking, are you hungry? Because you can ask a man how he's doing and he'll tell you he's fine. And how is that man doing? He's doing just fine. But ask a woman the same question and get the same answer. She could be from fine to about to explode and completely lose it because of her frustration. Languages are different. Communications are very, very important. Understanding these three steps in relationships is essential for you to see where it is that you are and where you want to go. Level one, it's all about me. Level two, bartering or a partnership or transactional relationship. And finally, level three is you before me. Now, that's an important foundation for us to understand relationships in. Now we can move on to starting to understand a little bit that women and men are completely different. Men's operating systems are different than the operating systems as women. Masculine energy and feminine energy are found in both men and women. They both have a side that is feminine and a side that is masculine. And it's important to go over this. And when I say this, I want to be specific because I think a few people have really misunderstood what I mean. When I mean masculine and feminine, I mean it in an emotional sense. Getting something done is not a masculine energy. It's both masculine and feminine. It's how you get it done that defines the energy, whether it's masculine or feminine. Masculine energy tends to focus and go deep into focus. But once it comes out of focus, it is difficult for masculine energy to repenetrate that depth. Feminine energy can go into something, focus on it, can retract, but yet 
in a moment's notice, go back to the depth of where she was. She can do different things at different times. Both energies are important. But emotionally, masculine and feminine energies are different. A masculine energy is something that is unstoppable. A masculine energy is like an offensive line on a football field lining up time after time after time again to break through the defense. No matter how tough that defense is, we break through. And the way I'm going to define that, gentlemen, for you so you can understand it in a relationship aspect is no matter how many times your wife becomes emotional, no matter how many times she comes to you for help and reassurance and is needy in any way, you are responsible to be there for her, to be her rock. I've said this before, we're soldiers. At war, we don't have the luxury of running back to base just because I got a gash. We need to stay the course. And the responsibility starts with the man. And I only say starts. So women, you're not going to get away with not being responsible. You are. But men, you have to know something. Once you're able to fill that insecurity for a woman, that sense of relationship-based, that you are united and you are one on an emotional level, that's where your relationship begins. That's where your responsibility begins. I always say, at the night of your weddings, men, I'm sure you all remember handing over a ketubah, a document of responsibility that you have towards your wife. And I ask all of you, did she sign anything in return? Did she give you anything in return? And the answer is no. That's the responsibility of a man towards his wife. To maintain those promises that he kept her on an emotional level. Not just on a financial level. Not in just a transactional way. Where as long as your needs are being taken care of on a financial way, your credit cards, your, your shoes, your, your vacations, your sports clubs, whatever they might be, that you're good now, sir. I'm here to scream from the rooftops, you are not good. That's only one part of your responsibilities. Your most important responsibility is the emotional well-being of your wife. That is your responsibilities, and there's tons of Torah to back this up. Ladies, your man wants one thing from you. He wants to be your hero. He wants to be recognized. I can't tell you how many men 
are broken because no matter what they do for their wives, they don't seem to be happy. And men will talk about pleasing your wife as opposed to fulfilling her needs. There's a difference. Pleasing your wife is not something that a feminine energy enjoys. A feminine energy wants you to anticipate her needs, not ask her what she needs. But ladies, back to you. React to your men. The simplest of things will give him an indication that he's doing well. Because men need to told, be told we're doing well. Look at all the sports teams. Look at all the coaches. You're doing great. Great job. Keep going. Fix here, fix there, yes, but keep going. You're doing amazing. Men need this. This is part of our masculine energy. This is part of our makeup. Ladies, try this. Try this for a week, please. And send me a text message. Send me a video. Send me something to tell me that you're trying it, and I want to know what the results are. Smile for a week. Smile for two days. Just smile when your man is around. Because the way we feel is if you're not smiling, we have failed. And men, yes, it's not always about us. And women, I'm here to testify, it's not always that you're upset with him. It could be your mother, it could be your mother-in-law, it could be your kids, it could be whatever it is. But when we don't see you smiling, there's something inside of us that says we are complete and utter failures. And no matter what we do, we can't put that smile on your face. After a while, a man will shut down and stop trying. Because within us, achieving this goal is super important to us. And we need to find a winnable, attainable end to where I know, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm doing amazing. Wow! This is really working. And ladies, you won't know that a simple smile will go so far. So far. These Simple concepts put to use will change your relationship at any level you're at. Communicating, understanding what the other one's needs are, and trying to fill those needs on a constant basis will bring you closer to each other. It hurts me so much to see so much pain in this area in our Jewish homes. So many young couples. And I can't tell you, the truth is, is it's worse than the older couples. If you're married 25 or 30 years, the phone will not stop ringing. There is so much pain. There is so much hurt. 
But if you're listening to me tonight, and if I can ask a favor, tell this to your friends. It's not over. You can have the love and relationship that you truly want. You need to get educated. Our fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers and mothers didn't have the education. Some few did, and they're amazing to watch. There are some couples that, for me, are so inspiring. But they're few. Most people are going on and on and on with life, not checking in with what's doing with our relationship. And what do we truly want? What do we really want? What did you want when you were dating? What were you looking for in that significant other when you were dating? Someone who was fun, someone who was caring, someone who was kind, someone who was smart, someone who understood me, we get along, we have a good time. The only thing that's changed is that you've become too much of adults. Somebody told you that as you got older, you had to play less. You have to be less playful with each other. And I, just to put it out there, I just challenge everybody that if you had a legitimate month, once a week of a date night, and I don't mean going out to a restaurant that you're used to going, ordering the same thing, talking to the same waiter, going with the same people, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a date where you invite somebody in advance. You make a phone call. You might send a card or maybe a flower or maybe a small little thoughtful gift and say, I would love if we can go out next Tuesday night. I'm going to pick you up at 7.30. And don't tell them where you're going. And arrange an evening as if you were dating Now, how would that sound to be able to reconnect, to be able to constantly reignite so that we can show up for each other outside of my role of financier or parent or mother or, 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 or whatever, or, or confidant, whatever it might be, but just to show up as that young man and that young lady that fell in love. What would that do for your relationship? To add playfulness with one another. All you warriors out there, all parents, all spouses, all people 
that like to worry about finances and where we're going to go for vacation and how we're going to pack the kids and how we're going to get them off to school and how am I going to make that next deal and how am I going to get the good shift and all that stuff and what am I going to do in my life and I'm just starting out and everything is so expensive. I ask for you to take some of that energy and write this down and share it and put into a post. Stick it on your refrigerator. And this question should burn in our minds on a constant basis. How can I make my spouse fall in love with me? How can I make my spouse fall in love with me? We're so fixated on what I'm receiving that we forget that love, the Hebrew, Hebrew word, word ahava, has the word have in it. Ahava is to give. Love doesn't die. The giving does. Because we aren't getting in return. Is that all about me or is that you before me? And we live in a country of rights. We live in a country of rights. What's in it for me? That's the question everyone walks around asking themselves on a constant basis. What's in it for me? What do I get out of this? May I remind everybody? Some of the fulfillment needs are contribution and growth. To contribute from yourself to something that is larger than you. Your marriage is larger than just you. And let me go back to where I started. This is the basis of our Jewish homes. This is the basis of what our children are growing up and seeing. Are they seeing love between parents, between a husband and a wife? Or are they seeing a transactional relationship? where two of them are spending time apart, they can't find any more excuses to go do something because if they actually think about the relationship, it brings so much pain, so they just keep on moving. Help the next person. Learn the next whatever. Start that next chesed thing. Let me go to school. Let me start work. Let me go to the gym. Because the pain of our relationships hurts so badly. Do we have someone calling in? I would love to speak to somebody right now. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Okay, let's mute them. Let's see if that works. Sorry about that. 
So just to get back into my point, I'm a man, so getting back into that focus point takes a moment. Being the pain that we have in relationships, it is the most excruciating of pains. Wanting love, wanting a specific love, and not being able to actually fulfill it. I just want to try to see if this person wants to ask a question. Hello? Hello. Okay, I'm just going to drop this person. My apologies all. And now we're back and we can get that noise in the background behind us. I, this subject to me is everything for us. It's everything about our generation. It's everything that is around us. Such a fast-paced world of technology, of advancements, that we've forgotten the finer things, the human touch. And it's something that we all desperately want and need. And this balance, I know I've gotten into it a lot tonight because I've, I've spoken about it before, but this balance of masculine and feminine energy, this soldier-like energy for a man, and a woman to be allowed to be as erratic as she can be. Gentlemen, women go through highs and lows. I often say men have emotions. Women are emotions. They, it resonates in them. It's, you know, men ask me all the time, why do women remember everything? Because the way the memory works is that the deeper the emotional connection in the moment, that's what creates or imprints or embosses a memory in your mind. What you remember from when you were younger, those are deep emotional experiences. For women, emotional experiences are happening from moment to moment. For them, memory works with emotional prediction at the end of it. So if you say something that you said five years ago, she's already made that mathematical equation of how it's going to end up and how she felt back then, and she might want or not want that feeling again. And that's why she starts asking you those questions. Well, what do you mean? Why are you saying that? How come you're saying it like that? Because she's trying to fish and understand, is it the same emotional roller coaster that I've been through in the past? I don't know if, understand. I don't know if men are really going to understand what I just said. But that memorization of that emotional moment is what's imprinted on women. And that feminine energy is erratic. Yes, it has highs and lows. It needs security. It needs to be reassured. And I don't mince words when I say all the time. All the time. And the, sa the same I would say for men, women. We need reassurances 
for that masculine energy to know we're the hero, to be seen, to be recognized all the time. I pray that we start having discussions about this openly. Everyone seems like their marriages are okay. I get a view a little bit behind the curtain. There are so many marriages, so many that are not okay. And it's a lot more than everyone thinks. It's a lot more than what everyone expects. Let me see. We keep on getting callers. Let's see if we can actually have somebody speak. Hello? 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 Is someone there? Hello? So I guess there's some type of technical difficulty. People are trying to call in and trying to, to speak to me or maybe ask a question, which I would love to speak to someone. And if anyone had a question... Um, you could either text message SYNY Radio or you could text message me directly. My number is 917-679-5775. I do want to tell everyone again, the relationship that you want and that you crave is attainable. It takes work, it takes concentration, it takes focus, it takes playfulness, it takes time together. Not talking about the business stuff, the mortgage, the kids, what's for dinner. Those things don't count. Start asking questions like, hey, sweetie, how are you doing? You're doing such an amazing job. I just want to make sure I'm checking in with you. Are you okay? You're putting in so much strength. You're putting in so much effort. I just want to make sure you're doing well. And I want to let you know that I'm here to support you. Just because. On a random Wednesday afternoon, send a text message. Hey, honey. Miss you so much. Having a great day at work. Can't wait to just spend some time with you tonight. Maybe we can sit on the couch for 15 minutes. Try this one, ladies and gentlemen. I, All the couples that I work with, I have a 24-hour, once-a-month getaway for couples. Once a month. It doesn't have to be Florida. It doesn't have to be, you know, to the Bahamas. You don't have to go to Greece. You don't have to go to Europe. You don't have to go to Israel. 24 hours away. And I would suggest alternate each month as to who picks what and where. But all you need is a day to reconnect. Relationships, marriages need time. They need consciousness. They need you to pay attention. They need heart. They need sensitivity. 
And if we don't create that space in our hearts, two things will happen. One, we will be alone. We will suffer. We will have a longing to feel true love as opposed to feeling unlucky. That's another thing that I often hear. I married the wrong one. No, you didn't. You married the right one. Stop fantasizing about not marrying the right person. And what if? You're wasting energy. You're married to the right person. Now focus on that person. Make it work. You chose that person for a purpose and a reason. Dive into it. You're supposed to be together. You're supposed to love each other. You're supposed to deeply care. And most of all, most of all, you're supposed to enjoy each other. You're supposed to be playful. You're supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be creative. So the first thing that will happen to you is you will be unfulfilled. But what scares me most is the second part. Is what are we teaching our kids? What are they watching? The divorce rates are on the rise. Is it a pair of shoes that we're trying on for size? Let's see if it works while I'm trying. What happens to our homes? What's the energy? And ladies and gentlemen, children are just little adults. They pick up on energy. They're smart as, oh, they are smart. And in tuned, they're more in tune than we are. We think we're actually, you know, passing or getting one past them. You're not. They know where your relationship is. They know how you feel about one another. They know how you speak to one another. And you're training tomorrow's parents. What happens to the Jewish home? It starts and ends with us. And I said this last time, and I want to end with this. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, you are mothers and fathers, but you were husbands and wives first. And Be'ezat Hashem, these children will get married, and they will have children, and the two of you will still be husband and wife. That is the priority. That's what keeps it together. That's what gives you the energy, the passion, the desire to spend more time with one another. The marriages you want are right there for the taking. You have to want it. You have to work at it. And you can attain it.
I thank everybody for listening. It's a subject that is way deep, deep, deep in my heart. It's something that I talk about all the time. It's a conversation that I'd like to create events around and desire to share my will so that we can continue this discussion. Anybody that has any questions, you can reach me at jamallifecoach at gmail.com. Jamallifecoach at gmail.com. My telephone number is 917-679-5775. And we should all be blessed with Shalom Bay and Yeshuvah Da'at and just joy from one another and an easy time to be playful and fun. Have a wonderful night.